0: and analytics-driven business, so you have a new, durable, competitive advantage against disruption in your market. So let's get right into it.
1: All right, everyone, Kyle Whistle, the man, the mystery, the myth, is in the house. What's, What's up,
2: Are you exhausted yet?
1: Not yet, but you no. know, it's, it's AM still, right? <laughs> uh,
2: dude, this is gonna be fun. Yeah. I gotta follow Quentin, dude, that's a big act to follow.
1: Hey, I, I love the uh, Monopoly back there. You is you creating Monopoly, is that what's a, that symbolizes? Is that what Something I'm
2: saying? Something like that, yeah. I mean, that's what we do, right? Like we grew up playing Monopoly and now it's like real life Monopoly. So yeah, dude, I, I'm a big fan.
1: Yeah, those are cool. I love that. So Kyle, we, we get to hear today about you really creating your Monopoly, which is going big in 2021, doing over 500 transactions. How are you going to do that?
2: Yeah, I think something that's big to look at is volume too. 500 is cool. Uh, 500 in some states is is normal. 500 in California is extremely, extremely difficult. We're in San Diego. There are about 30,000 licensed agents in San Diego and there are 36,000 transactions a year that happen. Obviously there's two sides to it. So there's like 70 ish thousand transactions for 30,000 agents. Um, It is hyper, hyper competitive in San Diego. Um, But I think the big thing that we're really obsessed with that we've been obsessing over this year and kind of retooling our systems to prepare for next year is really going deeper and understanding leads. I think far too often people just want to apply like a blanket approach to all leads. They treat a Facebook lead just like they treat a Zillow lead, which is a huge mistake. And then even within Zillow, which is one of our highest performing leads right now, they treat a Zillow nurture lead the same way that they treat a Zillow live transfer or Zillow connection call or flex lead, however you want to look at it. And we can go even deeper and we could look at just within Zillow, they treat a Zillow nurture that doesn't respond the same way they treat a Zillow nurture that responds and says, I don't want to talk to an agent, but yet we're applying the same approach to every single one of these leads. That's what most agents are doing. And, On top of that, what most agents are doing is they're just whatever CRM they're using, there's some pre-built plans within that. And a lead comes in and they just hit the lead nurture button, right? And they just hit a button and apply the same approach to every single lead that comes in. So the first part of what we're obsessed about is really understanding the journey of every lead before it gets to us. Because the journey of the Zillow lead that's a live transfer We've got to know that that lead landed on the Zillow website, inquired about a specific property, was followed up with by Zillow's ISAs, got to the point they said, "Hey, I'm interested in this property. I want to talk to an agent that can show it to me. Can you connect me?" And then they connect you with that lead. So on that lead, we could have a very direct approach, right? That lead has has been worked through the funnel. Let's go hard at them and let's go straight for the appointment. We've you know completely thrown LP mama out the window. We, you know, fought kicking and screaming with Zillow when they started telling us about ALM, which is just appointment, location, motivation. We fought hard when they first told us that's how we need to approach our leads. But we've realized if we get that lead that's at that connection status, then ALM, that's the approach that we should be taking on that lead. But then there's the Zillow lead on the other end, that's the nurture lead. And it could be that nurture lead that specifically says, like, I don't even wanna to talk to an agent. Well, we got to apply a completely different approach. We can't that lead that inquired, but then completely ghosted Zillow or even said, like, hey, I don't even want to talk to an agent. We can't talk to that lead and hit them with ALM because they specifically said, I don't even want to talk to a lead. But yet we're coming at them with the same script we used on that live transfer connection lead that said, I want to talk to an agent. We're like, these leads are so far apart in the process. Why the hell are we having the same conversation with these two different leads? So the Kyle, first you're, you're part, a
1: super smart guy. I have a quick question for you. How many agents are on your team now?
2: We're at about 35 right now.
1: 35 agents. So how do you train 35 agents to be so aware of this? That seems like the real challenge. I mean, even as team leaders, it's a challenge. But then how do you train your agents to actually be self-aware enough to care about where that lead came from?
2: You take all the leads away from them.
1: Okay. You, get, you you
2: understand having done this for 18 years now, you realize you cannot give an agent the nurture lead that says I don't want to talk to an agent. You can't do it. It's it's like a you know an 18 year old at their first frat party. Like it's not going to go well. They're just going to go in and try to go for a close as soon as they get there. They're not going to like assess the situation, figure out what's going on, and, and handle it in a mature way. Uh, so we've learned that we've really stripped away a lot from the agents to just let them focus on the stuff that they're best suited to work. So the second part of what we're
1: I can't throw everything into a shark tank anymore is what you're saying.
2: Not no. So what we're really obsessed with right now is all we want our agents focused on is stuff that's at the bottom of the funnel. We want them working the live transfers, which they're great at. And we want them working the appointments. So we look at it as a three-part funnel. There's top, middle, bottom of the funnel. So what we like to do is the top of funnel, we're just utilizing automation and AI at the top of the funnel. Like when you're generating Facebook leads, Facebook leads are converting at like one in 500 on average, I would venture to guess. Some people will bullshit you and, oh, mine converted 10%. Okay, well, you generated 10, you converted one. That's cool. But let, let's talk at scale. I don't know very many people that are converting even at one out of a hundred on Facebook. Most people are converting about one out of 500. Why in the hell are you sending those to agents? Like, do you think your agent is excited to get a lead that converts at 0.02%? Like that's not going to excite any agent. And
1: And the reality is AI is actually more effective now than an agent at follow-up. I mean, they're not good at follow-up. They're not going to make all those calls. It's just not going to happen. So top of
2: funnel, we're using automation, which would be drips, but much smarter drips, right? Like if if you're just bombarding people with like the preset drip plan that's in your CRM that just hits them with like an email every few days, like that's not going to work Plus nobody emails anymore. Everybody is texting. I just went through the process of buying an RV and buying a desert toy and a trailer and all that stuff. Like the people, the salespeople who texted me are the ones that got my business because that's how I prefer to communicate with. And that's how the majority of people prefer to communicate with. So we're using very smart automations. Um, we like that. Kyle? Uh, call action is our favorite. Uh, we love them because they have such detailed plans that you can build out and build out like long two-year plans. But I can have it to where I could send my V card to somebody. I could send an animated GIF, I could send a video, I could send an image, I could send all kinds of different things to them. If you're just sending text only stuff, I don't think that's gonna be super effective. So we can really you know, use mixed media with those drip campaigns that we're using in call action. So top of funnel, half of it is automation and the other half is AI. Uh, so we recently made a move over to Ylopo and Follow Up Boss um, a big part of that is that Ylopo has some killer AI technology built into it to where when leads take action on a website, it's not dependent on any human to do something about it. When a lead goes on the website and looks at 123 Main Street eight times in a day, do you want to wait for your agent to log in the CRM and like click a link to see that somebody looked at that property eight times and then your agent actually do something about it? Or do you want to have AI engage with that lead? and say, Hey, Brian, I saw you were checking out one main street. Are you interested in seeing it? Did you have any questions on that home? Like let's utilize something that's going to automatically engage that person in conversation. So the whole goal at that top of funnel is just to engage in conversation via the automation or via the AI. Once they're engaged in conversation, now it's time for a human to step in because now we've at least made it through the top of funnel. We're at the middle of funnel. So, There's two parts on that middle of funnel. We have our channel partners, which would be like OpCity from Realtor.com. That would be like Flex from Zillow or or some of the other companies that are doing live transfers. They're taking the lead that comes in. Then when the lead says, hey, let's, let's talk, they have their ISA connect with them. And then ultimately that ISA transfers that over live to an agent. So half of that middle of funnel is those channel partners and their ISAs. And then the other half is our ISAs. Um, which we have in house. I know people like, Oh, can I outsource it? Like you could for every one person that I've talked to that has a successful outsourced ISA. I've talked to a hundred that have a successful in-house ISA.
1: How many ISAs do you have in your business now, Kyle?
2: Uh, we have three and we just hired two more. Okay. So you're
1: up to five ISAs now. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We, cause everything's going through the ISAs now. Um, So now, like when that when AI engages that lead or automation engages that lead, it comes to the ISA. Now, the ISA engages in that conversation and ultimately sets an appointment for the agent. So we go from AI and, and automation at the top. Then our channel partners ISAs or our ISAs are engaging in conversation and then ultimately pushing those through to the agent who now, instead of the agent having to talk to these Zillow leads that are one in 500 that convert, now the agent's working that appointment that was teed up for them by one of our ISAs or they're working that live transfer that was teed up by one of our channel partners where now they're at a conversion rate of one in five as opposed to one in 500 so what then ends up happening is that the agents are actually having fun now like we nobody got into real estate to cold call for like five hours a day if that's what they wanted to do they would got in a job being a telemarketer they got into real estate because they want to go meet people. They want to go show cool houses. They want to write offers. They want to negotiate. And at the end of the day, they want to cash big checks. Nobody wants to put a headset on and make dials for five hours a day. Just not. If they do, they're not trying to get into real estate. They're trying to get into some other industry. So now our agents are just focused on that bottom of funnel where all they got to know how to do is how do I deal with a live transfer and how do I deal with an appointment? And now so, they're. Not having you know, But what it. about
1: your ISAs, Kyle? That that makes total sense for an agent because I see agents all the time that, are, I mean, that is the challenge for them. How do you find the ISAs with the right mindset? You're up to five now, which because they're on the phone. How long are your ISAs on the phone every day? So here's what's funny: our
2: ISAs in an average day maybe make 50 dials in an entire day, and people are like in an eight-hour day they only make 50 dials. Yeah, but you know what? They're having like 25 conversations. Because again, they're only dialing people that have asked to be dialed, right? People who've engaged at that automation or at that AI level, those are the people that they're calling because those people are looking for that conversation. So we're not on the phone dialing 500 people who have no desire to be talked to. now we're dialing 50 people who have a desire to be talked to. So now what happens too is the ISAs, they actually are having fun because they got in this because they like to have conversations with people. So, a lot of the day they're in their texting, right? And call action, they're, they're constantly in conversations with the leads. And now, when they actually do pick up the phone, is to talk to somebody. Like RSAs love talking to people, they get a high off of it. They have a ton of fun talking to people. They have huge personalities, um, and they do a fantastic job with it. They're very high S's um, and they're very high I's. So, they're high I's, they love to talk to people, they're high S's, they love to support people. Um, they really love to tee our agents up, set them up, um, and then watch the agents close the deals.
1: So any, any action, it sounds like, whether it be, I'm guessing, whether it be Zillow, as this question says, or whether it be um, something that your AI is doing, a drip campaign, anything coming in, your ISAs are really focused on getting back to those inbound actions. And they're not necessarily inbound leads, but they're people who have taken action on something. Is that right?
2: Yeah, the ISAs are intaking virtually all of our leads now. The only leads the agents are really taking is the live transfers. We've really tried to strip away all the other stuff from the agents. Our objective is that we set them so many appointments, they don't have time for anything else. Like, I just want my agents out, running around, showing properties, writing up offers. Like, our next evolution, because our agents are getting to that point where they're so busy, they don't even have time to write offers, is that... Now, when an agent's finished up with an appointment, we automatically call them and hit them up and say, because what's happening is they're leaving one appointment, they're going straight to their next appointment. So now I'm calling you, I'm like, hey, Brian, I know you just met with the Smith family. You know, tell me, how did it go? And just let you kind of puke all over me, right? Like, tell me everything that happened on the appointment. And now I, as like a lead coordinator, lead manager, whatever you want to call that role, I can go into the CRM and a follow-up boss. I could log everything that happened on that appointment for you because... We know that that information's fresh in your head as soon as you leave it. Let me extract all that info from you while it's fresh. And now I take all that info, I throw that into the CRM, and then I'm, I'm asking you questions, right? Like, all right, hey, Brian, um, I know that you just showed them like 123 Main Street, it's a $600,000, uh, three, two. Is that still what they're looking for? And then you're like, no, you know what? They actually, they're willing to go up to 800. They need at least four bedrooms and they want a pool. Cool. I'll go in and I'll update the search in Y Lopo for you. Okay. Um, you need to write an offer. Yeah. Can you write me up an offer? Uh, cool. And then they have a checklist like what price, what terms, blah, blah, blah. That person, that lead coordinator is now taking care of all that stuff for them. So that now while you're on your way from appointment A to appointment B, I'm handling all that stuff for you so that you could just focus on appointments all day long.
1: So your ISAs are really 100% inbound. They're they're not making calls out to expireds or anything like that
2: no it's dude that that's so hard in san diego like we've got tom ferry who's down here coaching all the time and mike ferry i mean all the coaches come down here all the time if you call and expired at eight o'clock which is like the earliest you're supposed to call them you're probably like caller 100. <laughs> like besides so- that,
1: are there are there still expireds? I mean, that's the question
2: too, right? <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah. If you're getting appointments from expireds right now, there's a reason it's expired. It's it's a crack house in the middle of nowhere, or it's a crazy ass seller who's super unrealistic. Like you don't even want that appointment anyway.
1: Yeah. All right. So there are a few questions, Kyle, about ISAs always bring up questions because I think every team owner has tried ISAs internal, external, and probably failed three or four times. So there's some questions about, you know, how do you find the right high ISA? How do you how do you pay them to keep them around? Those kinds of things. Have you figured that out yet?
2: Yeah. So here's the thing. You've got to change your mindset. We actually don't even call them ISAs internally anymore. I'm, I'm just using that for, cause that's the, the generally accepted term for this position. Uh, we call them SDRs, Sales Development Representatives. Um, if you look at Fortune 500 companies, you're not going to find an ISA in a Fortune 500 company. You're going to find someone who does what we have called an ISA, but they're going to be called a sales development representative. So if that's what the exactly. Fortune 500 companies call it, that's what we call it. So our ISAs are now called SDRs um, and we value them. This is to us. This is not the entry level role. This is not the peon role. This is not the grunt role. This is not the bitch role. Like this is one of the most valuable roles in the entire company.
0: If you've been enjoying Grit, please help us continue to grow the channel by leaving a five-star review and sharing it with a friend. Now back to Grit.
1: And until so, you accept that, like you will not be successful. So that being said, Kyle, I'm guessing they are not on a career path to become an agent.
2: No, I Those do not. None of people, them, right?
1: I so think that's the biggest mistake. I think that's the biggest mistake I've seen is people bring in these ISAs and say get to this point you'll become a, an agent. Well, all you're doing is training people how to be a prospecting agent. Keep people in their lanes. Um, yeah. so, okay. And you got to pay them though. Because here's the thing, if you're
2: trying to pay somebody like 40, 50 grand a year, they're and now they're teeing up appointments for the agents where the agent closes a deal and makes 10 grand, they're like I had to work that hard to get that one appointment and this guy goes and shows one house and makes 10 grand and I'm making 40 grand all year to work my ass off every day and follow up with all these leads. Like screw that. So my ISAs, when they're clicking on all cylinders, they make a hundred plus thousand. Okay, so what did they make on a per transaction? Is it, is it like a base plus commission or what are they actually? Base plus commission. Yeah. So this is something that I've learned too. That's really important is, um, and I believe it's the same across the country. You have employees who are exempt and you have employees who are non-exempt. A non-exempt employee is somebody who has to clock in, clock out, they're on an hourly pay, right? They're making like 20 bucks an hour, whatever that number is in your market. That is very, very difficult for an ISA because here's the problem. If you have somebody who's clocking in, clocking out, let's say their shift is from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Well, what happens when that call comes in at 6 p.m.? They're gonna answer it, right? Because they wanna get that, that, right? You're gonna have some sort of incentive tied to setting appointments or closing. So if you have somebody who's clocking in and clocking out, and they answer that call at six, guess what? They gotta clock in because they took that phone call. Like, And then that call comes in at eight o'clock, they gotta like clock back in again. And I don't wanna deal with any of that. So right. there's an exempt salary. and That's typically like two times minimum wage. You'd have to look up what that is in your uh, particular state. In California, it's $49,440 today. Depending on what happens with the election, it could be like $80,000 in a year from now. But currently, That is $49,440, so we pay ours a base that is right at that, $50,000, makes it easy for us. And then you get our base plus? 5% of the GCI. They're paid based on the closings, not based on setting appointments, not based on appointments that meet. They're tied to the same outcome that the agents are. Um, I've tried a lot of different models in the past, and if you start paying people based on setting appointments or appointments that meet, they're going to set a ton of shitty appointments for your agents and your agents are going to end up resenting them because they're sending them on these appointments with, you know, with that expired that owns a crack house in the middle of nowhere that wants a million dollars for it when it doesn't even have a roof. Like they're getting paid a bonus to set that appointment. That's stupid. So they're tied to the outcome. And what becomes cool when they're tied to the outcome is it's not over once they set the appointment. They stay on that all the way through. And they want to see that that client through the finish line. So what's great is they are part of my accountability system now to where when they set an appointment for the agent, they're following up with the agent. I don't have to be the one who's on the agent's back. The ISA is the one who's on the agent's back because one, they know way more about the situation than I do. And two, they're paid based on that, that appointment turning into a closing. So they're going to do whatever they got to do to stay on that agent and help that agent take that thing across the finish line.
1: Kyle, one thing you said, you said five percent. I want to key in on this. You said of GCI. Yeah. You didn't you didn't say of five percent of the agent's commission. It's not like the agent's paying them out of the post splits. This is coming off the top where you and the agent are both paying them. Yeah, that
2: the splits with our agents adjust if I give my agent a lead versus I give my agent an appointment set by one of the ISAs. The agent split adjusts 10%.
1: Okay, so an ISA uh, for sure, is forty percent, and they're getting forty percent instead of fifty percent. Yep. Okay. Um, someone's ask. Will is asking, is five percent enough? Um, I, I would say that may be different in every market, but figure out what is going to to motivate your people to want to stay ISAs. They need to make six figures, just like agents need to.
2: Yeah. If they don't make six figures, and the agents are making six figures, you just lost an ISA.
1: Yeah, Kyle, are these people working from home? Or are they? You, I'm going to call them my SDRs, actually. But are, are your SDRs working from home, well, or are they in the office?
2: Well, they are currently for uh, for reasons that <laughs> that everybody's working from home. Um, <laughs> At least in the so traditionally, ours are working from the office. Uh, okay. We like having them in the office. It's hard to replace that culture of being around other people and and we have like gongs and stuff in the office when they set appointments and there's a lot more energy and when you're you know on the phones a lot and and, and you're you know sitting in front of a computer constantly having other people around is is very beneficial obviously we don't require anybody come in the office during COVID it's completely optional but we prefer that they be in the office.
1: Okay just so people know people are trying to figure out what's the right pay Kyle uh, what is your average price point in San Diego now? We're
2: 600, oh, yeah. about 600,000 average price point. Okay. The key is they got to be able to make a hundred if they're doing a good job. So in our area, right? We talk about 500, 500 in San Diego is way harder than 500 in Houston, Texas, where the average price is 200 and something thousand. Yeah. So if you're going to do twice as many transactions in a different area, maybe you got to pay, you know, a different percentage. Like ultimately though, this is the thing. agents. ISAs, everybody has this like bar at $100,000. And if they're making $100,000, they feel successful. It's just this bar. Even your agents, it's really hard. Like we have a no blessing. Matter, a no case.
1: matter where you live, it's the yeah. same
2: number. It's crazy. We have a blessing and a curse in San Diego that our average price is six hundred. The problem is an agent only has to sell like a handful of houses to make that kind of a money. So, people will only work as hard as they need to 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 hit that bar which most people's bar is at 100 so that's what you got to understand is if you want your ISAs to crush for you they got to have the ability to make that 100 because that's a very important number to a lot of people and if you're not giving them the ability to make that 100 but the agents are making 100 they're going to move from being an ISA to an agent because they see how much work goes into setting one single appointment and then they give it to the lazy ass agent who doesn't do any work and and makes a hundred thousand dollars a year, you're going to lose them. So you've got to give them the ability to make a hundred plus thousand dollars a year. If you're not, it's not going to be successful. You're going to have turnover. Um, and people, and and your agents aren't going to value them when the the agents know they make a lot of money. Um, the agents value them, especially like the rebrand within our company to them being SDRs. Like we had to do that because we need to make sure they understand these aren't the ISAs of old. Like, but we can't like they're not the old ISAs, they're the new ISAs. that doesn't work they're
1: SDRs so we internally rebranded it for that valuable reason a part of the business yeah okay that's uh yeah definitely it seems to me that these people are probably harder the SDRs are probably a harder hire to find than the agents as well
2: oh yeah absolutely i mean we we've, we've got such talented people like we just brought two in both coming from out of state um, because you know they want to come out here and they want to live the california dream and we're providing them the opportunity to do that. We had to offer a reload package to one of the guys who's starting up next week. So, you know, we definitely had to do a lot of recruiting to find talented people. But again, we're not bringing them into a telemarketing job because that's what most people do in this industry is they bring an ISA in. They're like, here's a headset, there's a phone, like, go dial all day. Like, tell me when you have an appointment. Like, that ain't gonna work. But if we can make it fun and we can provide them a system and they can follow the system and that system is going to yield them one hundred plus thousand dollars a year and they're not having a cold call all day long, They're actually in conversations, which is fun for them. High eyes want to be in conversations all day long and they want to set up agents for success. So you find that high I, high S, you put them in their wheelhouse, which is talking to people and setting people up. They're happy, just like we talked about that funnel with agents. Agents tend to have that higher D. They wanna close, the agent's having fun when they're closing, the agent doesn't have fun when they're calling through 500 people a day. So now you're putting people in the position where they're actually enjoying what they do. Now you keep your ISAs longer because they're being well-fed financially and they're doing what they enjoy doing. Same thing with the agent.
1: Yeah, I think the industry has been trying to figure this out, Kyle, for the last 10 years. I know longer than I've been around, they've been trying to figure this out. So. It sounds like you're cracking that nut and uh, just exciting to see. So, let's talk about the bottom of the funnel these agents. They are only getting appointments scheduled. Are they scheduling any of their own appointments? What does that look like? Yeah.
2: So, I mean, they're taking the live transfers uh, via the channel partners and then they're working their sphere, past clients, stuff like that. So, the majority of their time is working that stuff. But then again, we're using technology. Like, we love YLOPO because Lopo is taking all those old leads and it's engaging them to where they're coming back to the site so now I know who I'm talking to like my past clients and stuff now they're I'm like oh well says Debbie just looked at this property three times like I should probably talk to Debbie you know she's been in her house four or five years maybe it's time for her to move into something new so while Lopo is doing a lot of that re-engagement for the agent so that the agent's having good quality conversations um, even with their existing database their sphere their past clients all of that stuff
1: Okay. Again, there's so many questions around this, Kyle. Where where are you finding these SDRs? Do you have a recruiting company? How, how do you find these people?
2: Uh, we typically use Indeed. So Indeed has been our number one source of hiring.
1: Okay. All right. Kyle, any key points you want to cover? There are some more questions, but is there anything else that you want to make sure we hit on in the next four or five minutes before you bounce out of here?
2: Um, I was just trying to read some of the questions, see if there's anything good in there. And Leslie was asking if you're paying the agent 40% and the SDR five, that means the company's making 55% on every deal. Uh, that works really well. Um, the other thing that we're seeing too by having the SDRs take all the uh, leads that are coming in is the conversion rates increasing dramatically on all of our leads because these guys are programmed for long term. They're programmed for nurture. Uh, where the agents are are programmed to close. So now when that Zillow nurture lead comes in, that Facebook lead comes in, that pay-per-click lead comes in, it's converting at one in 100, one in 500, they understand how to apply the appropriate amount of pressure where the agent just doesn't get it. The agent just wants to close. That's what agents are good at. So that's where our system is just put the agent in the position to do what they do best, which is to close. Let's let these guys do the long-term nurturing. And they can, because they're not running around out in the field, they're not having to juggle a million conversations while they're running around and trying to get back to people when they can. Because I think one of the things that people underestimate right now is speed to lead's important, but speed to response is important as well. So when you do get that lead, Barry Jenkins had a good quote recently. It was like, the only thing better than a new lead is an old lead that became active again. When that old lead becomes active again and says, hey, I'm interested in seeing 123 Main Street, your speed to respond to that is very important. Yes, That's not a new lead. That's an old lead, but it's an engaged lead. You better have a high speed to responsiveness on that. When they do text you, right, you better be able to text back. But that's the problem is the agents, they're running around out in the field all day it's really hard for them to be on top of both speed to lead and speed to response. So by having people dedicated in the office, they can be managing a lot of conversations at once because they're not driving out here to, you know, northern San Diego in the morning and then southern San Diego and then eastern San Diego and then coast San Diego all day long and trying to respond in between appointments. The ISAs are just sitting there in the office. They're responding as soon as these things are coming in. So that speed of response, I think, is something that people underestimate as well because it's hard to get a lead to text you. If they do text you and it takes you 4 hours to respond, that's not the the type of experience somebody's looking for.
1: Yeah. I just want to clarify, you're paying the agents 50% if it's an agent transaction. In this case, you're paying them 40% plus the SDR's 5%, so you re- in reality have an additional 5% to help cover the salaries of those SDRs, correct? Exactly. Yep. Okay. Yeah, and the
2: agents don't have an issue with it because they're not having to follow up with 500 people to get that one appointment if the work is done for them. So now they don't have to do that. They can go show more clients properties.
1: I think this is where a lot of agents struggle, Kyle. How do you train these guys? If you're an agent, you've been a successful agent. You're actually a closer in most cases. You're not a prospector. I so suck how, how do you train these guys to do this?
2: So my guy, Chris Vandervock he ran an ISA team before coming over to join my team. So that's been another part of this that's been really important is having somebody manage this whole thing because I can't manage it. I'm the guy who's like, here's your headset, go in the back, make 500 dials. That's what would happen if I was managing it. And what has happened in years past when I've managed it, having somebody who's fully entrenched in it and managing these guys on a day-to-day basis who actually has the time to go listen to the conversations and listen and be like oh let me talk to you. let me coach you through this because when they are ISAs or SDRs whatever you want to choose to call them when they're making calls through call action it's recording the calls and it's tracking talk time versus listen time so we could see are they talking too much Um, Or are they doing a good job in listening a lot? Like we can track all that. So he's taking the time to go listen to every individual call. He's coaching them through every conversation. He's very, very hands-on. That's been another crucial part of this being successful is there's a dedicated person managing that department, not me.
1: So surround yourself with the right people and don't think that you can manage a team of ISAs in your spare time because you you can't effectively do that. For sure. Okay. Kyle, it's been great catching up with you. Excited to see your business growing like it is. Congratulations. Those are some big numbers at that price point. So congratulations on all of your success. Keep it rolling because I I love seeing it. It seems like every time I talk to someone from your team, you guys are just elevating it to the next level. So keep it up. We love having you as a CSU customer and thanks for joining us today.
2: Appreciate it, bro. Have a good one.
1: All right, you too. Thank you.
0: Thank you for joining us on our podcast. If you have an interest in a free seven-day trial of Sisu, go to sisu.co, S-I-S-U dot Make sure that you use the coupon code GRIT, that's G-R-I-T, to waive all your set of fees and receive a 10% discount on your subscription. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and want to subscribe, search GRIT, The Real Estate Growth Mindset on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean. And with that, we'll catch you next time. Take care.